From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4 Baker Baker. You're you and this is the WIA National News for week commencing December 13. Let's start this news bulletin the way we intend to finish it. And that is, with a reminder, the WIA office will close Friday, Friday, December 18, and reopen Monday, January 11, 2016. As earlier advised, no assessment packs can now be processed by the WIA exam service until it returns on January 11, along with all normal WIA office functions. However, the WIA website does contain a lot of useful information that can be accessed 24-7. Try the frequently asked questions section, or if you can't easily find what you're looking for, then use the friendly search box function. Yes, the search box is your friend. To renew your membership, change any details, or receive update bulletins, then please do register for Memnet. And are you correctly listed on Memnet? I know we keep asking, but obviously many people have not taken advantage of this. Check it out right now. Are you still confused over the ACMA letters? Maybe we should start a column called Believe It or Not. After all the kerfuffle on social media and the follow-ups in AR Magazine and this WIA weekly newscast, would you believe a few radio amateurs have queried why they are receiving letters or emails from the ACMA? Well, this is part of the Australian Communications and Media Authority's new licence processing platform it calls Spectra. The ACMA sends revalidation letters to all radio amateurs 90 days before the licence expiry. If all information is correct on it, you don't want to surrender the licence, then there's nothing you need do with the revalidation letter. The ACMA then sends an invoice for renewing licence holders and, after you have paid, a renewal summary will be issued. And here is another important reminder. If the ACMA does not have your correct details, it cannot send you these three important letters. Renewal is always the licensee's responsibility. The lack of the three ACMA letters is no excuse for non-renewal. When the ACMA Spectra system and its automatic letters have been going out for a year or so, we will all get used to this added service. Copies of Amateur Radio Magazine, a great promotional tool. The use of old copies of the WIA journal, Amateur Radio Magazine, to promote our hobby is not new, but well worth a reminder. Those who mount displays or go portable at various events and activities often have a few free-for-the-taking copies of our magazine. The same approach is recommended when visiting a local health professional like a doctor or dentist that often have other publications in the waiting room. And make sure you put a sticker on the old mags with a point of contact for your club. You never know, raising public awareness might also stimulate someone to consider taking up our hobby. WIA Director resigns and goes to the Fair Work Commission. After his unique enthusiasm and expertise as a WIA Director, Chris Platt, VK5CP, has taken up a position on the Fair Work Commission, the nation's workplace relations tribunal. He was sworn in as a Commissioner of the Fair Work Commission and has resigned as WIA Director. An official swearing-in ceremony in Adelaide, November 27, was before Fair Work Commission President, His Honour Justice Ian Ross. 
Federal government, employers and union representatives attended and welcomed Commissioner Platt's appointment, which will be based in Adelaide. The Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry representative, Steve Knott, noted Commissioner Platt's interest in amateur radio and its capacity to take complex electronic items apart. Equipped with with this skill, it would be useful in deconstructing and examining the arguments that would surely be placed before him. The WIA congratulates Chris, VK5CP, on his appointment and acknowledges his decision to resign as a WIA director and wished him the very best in what will no doubt be a very challenging role. The WIA board will review the vacancy he's created at its next meeting. And finally, hams across Australia, the Great Eastern Fly-In happens again. The Great Eastern Fly-In, on again at Evans Head Memorial Aerodrome, January 9, 2016, 9am, until January 10, 2016, 4pm. Summerland Amateur Radio Club will be assisting with airband communications and also will have a stall showcasing amateur radio. Another good opportunity for some old amateur radio magazines. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. From Brisbane, it's relayed on 3605 kHz and 147 MHz at 7.30pm Mondays. I'm Bruce, VK4EHT. What use is an F-call? On previous occasions, I've discussed the QSL system in amateur radio. It's a mechanism that uses what's known as out-of-band communications to confirm contacts. For over a 100 years, that has mostly been in the form of QSL cards. Since the introduction of the internet, websites and pervasive computing, some of the confirmations have been moved from card to electron. I've had about 29 countries confirmed electronically, and two via card. Until about 10 minutes ago, I was convinced that electronic QSL confirmation was the way to go. Before I explain why, there is a place for both. Electronic confirmation is simple, cheap and often very quick. QSL cards, on the other hand, are involved, sometimes costly, and often take a long time. I'm sitting at my desk with a stack of QSL cards for the VI-103-WIA call sign, which was activated during the Wireless Institute conference, which was held here in Fremantle in May of 2013. These cards are about contacts made a long time ago, though I've had it told that some QSL cards can take more than a decade. These were a little faster than that. I'm looking at these cards, each a little story told by an operator who shares my hobby, a person who is interested in amateur radio, who lives with their family in some far-flung country, who took the time to acknowledge that they made contact with a call sign back here in Western Australia. I wasn't the operator for each of these contacts, but I did operate that call sign and I shared some of the on-air experiences. The two countries that I have confirmed with cards directly sent to me are memories of a contact made. I recall when I was sitting in a particular location with my radio trying to talk to the world and here is a card saying that it really happened and that there was another person on the other side of the contact. You can think of this as sentimental codswallop and for some it might well prove to be that. But for me, it connects me more to the world of amateur radio and some of the long history that it represents. I'll continue to use electronic QSL. I mean, there's still a thrill to see a confirmation of a contact made with Amsterdam Island, even if it's just a tick in a box on a computer screen. But I'll cherish the contact sent to me via card, either direct or via the Bureau. If only I'd written down what my very first QSO was. Now go and make some contacts and send out some cards. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. 
From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Hams help out India flood disaster. Heavy rains hit Chennai, once known as Madras, home to 4.6 million in India's south, killing more than 320 people and leaving thousands more stranded. Amateur Radio Society of India President Victor Uniform 2 Golf Mike November, Gopal Madhavan, said providing help were radio amateurs with emergency communications involved in food distribution, handling numerous missing person inquiries and local situation reports. Some areas had three to four metres of water inundating all ground floor houses with their owners losing everything. Jim Linton, VK3 Papa Charlie, Chairman IARU Region 3 Communication Committee, told us how radio amateurs kept messages flowing as other communication outages stopped phones and the internet through the lack of connection and power failure. The Indian military rescued thousands of stranded people, many on rooftops left without power, electricity or water. National Coordinator for Disaster Communication in India, J.U. Beard, Victor Uniform 2, Juliet Alpha Uniform, put out a call for more help with emergency communications. In response, the number of hams increased substantially and a control room was set up to coordinate the efforts of all volunteer organisations. J.U. VU2JAU said even though the effort was not substantial compared with the enormous disaster, Chennai hams were certainly trying to make a difference in the lives of the stranded and homeless. They used a local VHF repeater system to support the rescue and relief teams. With the floodwater now gone, the National Crisis Management Committee estimates 90% of the city now has power. Buses are running again, along with other transport. The restoration of the telephone service and the internet have now been achieved with communication vital for the disaster recovery of residents and industry. Gopal VU2GMN said there was a hospital alert fearing that after many were exposed to highly polluted floodwaters, some may now fall ill. He described the task of rebuilding the devastated city to be Herculean, and numerous support groups had become active, especially dealing with donated material from all over the world. Following the nomination by the Board of Directors of Radio Amateurs of Canada, the Board of Trustees of the Canadian Amateur Radio Hall of Fame is pleased to appoint Larry E. Price, Whiskey 4 Romeo Alpha, of Statesboro, Georgia, as an honorary member of the Canadian Amateur Radio Hall of Fame. The appointment is in recognition of Larry's many years of support of Radio Amateurs of Canada and Amateur Radio in Canada. Honorary appointments can only be initiated by the directors of RAC. This is the first honorary appointment in the history of RAC. Larry's induction to the Hall of Fame will take place in early 2016. A summary of his contributions to amateur radio will be published in the future issue of the Canadian Amateur Magazine. Short-range devices increase in 900 MHz spectrum. New Zealand's communication regulator has announced 915 to 921 MHz will be made available for short-range devices, SRD. 
This move means that 915 to 921 megahertz is a step closer to becoming the first UHF SRD spectrum below 2.4 gigahertz to be available globally. The regulator, RSM, says on the 24th of December 2015, the spectrum available for short-range devices, SRDs, under the General User Radio Licence, GURL, notice 2015, will expand from 921 to 928 MHz to 915 to 928 MHz, providing an additional bandwidth of 6 MHz. It is expected that the New Zealand economy will benefit from an increase in the SRDs that will be able to use this expanded band. This change harmonises the lower edge of the 900 MHz SRD band, 915 MHz, with that of us here in Australia. However, it should be noted that for operation within the frequency range of 915 to 928 MHz, there are New Zealand-specific compliance clauses. NZART Conference 2016 will be held in Christchurch, the Rickerton Park Events Centre Queen's Birthday Weekend. Friday night, 3rd of June at the New Branch 05 Club Rooms for meet and greet, and then Saturday 4th and Sunday 5th of June for the AGM and Conference. David Zulu Lima 2 India Charlie, Vice President Branch 05, has been nominated as Conference 2016 Chairman. Sorry, wrong house number. It's to Don Wilbanks at Amateur Radio Newsline. ARRL says, oops, sorry about that. Participants in last year's 10-meter contest who received certificates may have discovered quickly that they were intended for someone else. The problem, it seems, was a formatting error in a data file that caused confusion over the mailing addresses. ARRL's interim contest manager, Dan Henderson, N1ND, said, quote, We've heard from several certificate recipients recently that they were receiving certificates for other award winners. After checking, we determined that some address data retrieved from the submitted Cabrillo logs in the data file were misidentified, which resulted in many certificates being sent to the wrong recipients. He quickly clarified that the error is limited only to addresses, not anyone's scores or standings. So be patient, advises Henderson. The plan is for new certificates, the correct ones, to be in the mail no later than December 11th. Yours may be on the way very soon. All UK amateurs are required to revalidate their licence at least once every five years. Ofcom have now revoked around 530 licences that have not been revalidated. The notice of revocation and lists of the call signs affected has been published on the Ofcom website. Some 15,000 licences remain unvalidated and Ofcom say these will be revoked in due course. Details tinyurl.com forward slash revocation hyphen figures 2015. An emergency drill in the form of a huge coronal mass ejection sent radio amateurs scrambling early last month, and though their response was real enough, the chaos was limited with good results. Amateur Radio Newsline's Bobby Best, WX4ALA. Imagine an outage of all conventional communications throughout the U.S. Imagine two massive solar flares known as coronal mass ejections as the source of the stirred-up ionosphere behind the blackout. This was the reality for members of the Military Auxiliary Radio System and the Amateur Radio Emergency Service for two days beginning November 8th. It was only an exercise, but for two days it was still a challenge. And ultimately, said the organizers, it was a success. Mars operators were given the directive to make direct contact with as many radio amateurs in the nation's 3,142 counties as possible using mainly HF NVIS bands along with VHF and UHF repeaters. 
other methods such as store and forward messaging systems and internet link systems were necessarily off limits. Paul English, WD-8DBY, the U.S. Army's Mars manager, praised the work of radio operators at the conclusion of the exercise. He told the ARRL that Mars members got messages through to 816 counties around the country, or 26% of the nation's total. He said advanced publicity helped boost performance during the two-day drill, and inquiries about participation had poured in from 41 states and more than 50 Aries groups who wanted to be part of the test. Best of all, he said the mission was accomplished. He said, quote, the purpose of these exercises is to reach beyond interoperability and focus on our ability to exchange usable and relevant information from the local level to the national level following a crisis event. Only through the cooperation among Mars and the larger amateur radio community can we hope to achieve that synergy, end quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Bobby Best, WX4ALA in Jasper, Alabama. These stories from the RSGB and Amateur Radio Newsline. I'm editor Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT, and you're listening to VK1WIA. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ2015. The ARRL 10 metre contest is on the wireless this weekend of the 12th and 13th of December. The contest involves CW phone or mixed contacts on 80 to 10 metres. The exchange is an RS or RS2 report and a serial number. Stations in the USA, Canada and Mexico will send their state or provincial abbreviation. The centenary of ANZAC ending soon. The ANZAC 100 program has ended its last hurrah phase with plenty of on-air action now as ANZAC subjects call signs commemorate the departure from Gallipoli on December 20, 1915. The multi-mode event by VI3ANZAC is in full swing, headed by Tony Hambling VK3VTH. In honour of the Royal Australian Navy Bridge Train, a large team led by Mike Chartres, VK4QS is being heard through VI4ANZAC. In the West, VI6ANZAC organised by Chris Grice, VK6PII has members of the Ham College. The major operations are this weekend at the RAF Museum Bull Creek and in the Cobra Helicopter Display and next weekend at the Ham College. News Shack in a Scout Hall. Chris, VK6PII, advises that VI6ANZAC will be on HF using SSB and sometimes CW, and plans to activate an FM satellite as well. While VI8ANZAC is now on air and is to finish at the Charles Darwin National Park with Stewie, VK8NSB and Rowan, VK8RD, heard on HF using SSB and CW. More details of which of these events are on the WIA website, wia.org.au. On next week's broadcast, we will conclude with the special closing address from the WIA President, Phil Waite, VK2ASD. That is expected to talk about the significance of the ANZAC legend and the highly successful WIA ANZAC 100 program that began with precursors at Queenscliff, Darwin and Albany. These have been 50 events in the past 8 months, joined by commemorative call signs in Turkey and Belgium. Now the ANZAC Subbis call signs last hurrah on air until December 20, are working the world. MSAT straight key night SKN on Oscar 2016 in memory of W2BXA. 
you are cordially invited to participate in Straight Keynote on Oscar 2016, sponsored by AMSAT for all radio amateurs throughout the world. Operate CW through any amateur satellite from 0001 to 2400 hours UTC on January 1, 2016, using a manual non-electronic key. Note that bugs are now allowed, as they are in similar ARRL and SKCC events. There is no need to send in a log, but please nominate someone you work for best fist. Your nominee need not have had the best fist of those you heard, just the those you worked. Send your nomination to w2rs at msat.org. A list of those nominated will be published in early February. This year's event is being held in memory of Ben Stevenson, W2BXA. 1940-2011 Licensed since 1929, Ben was one of the world's top DXs on both HF and satellites. He led the DXCC honour roll for many years, and among his many awards were Satellite DXCC No. 1 and Post-War Worked All Zones No. 1. Founding president of the North Jersey DX Association, Ben shared his knowledge and enthusiasm with one and all. Special event station PD15XMAS is on the air December 5 to January 1. An SACT, Santa Claus Arctic Circle team, will be active from Santa Claus Land, OH9SCL, during this December, as it has been for 30 years from the Arctic Circle. QSL via OH9AB. ANZA DXNet, Australia, New Zealand and Africa DXNet. 20 metres, 14.183 MHz, 0515 UTC daily. 15 metres, 21.205 MHz, 0415 UTC Saturday. The net works in a list operation. So your call sign, standby. The net runs for about an hour. All operators are welcome. A QSO is a brief exchange of call sign and a signal report. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Enningham. Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR, with Worldwide Special Interest Group news this week, starting at Final Frontier. WRC15, Satellite News. Amateur satellite service bands unsuitable for non-amateur satellites. The ITU has found that small, non-amateur, short-duration satellites are unsuitable for use on amateur satellite service bands at 2 metres and 70 centimetres. The World Radio Communications Conference, held in Geneva last month, has recommended that other spectrum be considered for those satellites. This has been placed by the ITU on the agenda of the next World Radio Communications Conference in 2019. They will study the spectrum needs for telemetry, tracking and command for those satellites with short-duration missions to assess the suitability of existing allocations, if necessary, to consider new ones. The frequency ranges being looked at are 150.05 to 174 MHz and 400.15 to 420 MHz. The International Amateur Radio Union has welcomed the exclusion from consideration of all existing frequency allocations to the amateur and amateur satellite services. IARU President Tim Allen, VE6SH, observed that this is an excellent result that clearly shows that non-amateur satellite constructors need to consider spectrum other than the very limited and congested segments available to amateur satellites at 144 and 435 MHz. US satellite bursts into life. The Vintage News reports that UK radio amateur Phil Williams, G3YPQ, picked up a signal from the satellite LES-1, which had been abandoned in 1967. The Lincoln Experimental Satellite 1 was built by the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and launched in 1965, 
The article says it's likely that the onboard batteries have now disintegrated and some other component failure has caused the transmitter on 237 MHz to start up when it's in sunlight. Phil first received the signal in 2013 and noticed its peculiar signal drift caused by its tumbling end over end every four seconds as the solar panels become shadowed by the engine. This gives the signal a particularly ghostly sound as the voltage from the solar panels fluctuates, he says. To Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio, Weissen Equipment helps bushfire animal rescues. Vets and nurses used Weissen-provided radios during the rescue of animals caught up in the recent South Australian bushfires. From the group called Savem, they retrieved animals in both the Pinery and Kaima bushfires and kept in contact via radio. It also saw a team travel through the fire ground using a thermal imaging camera. The animals were livestock, a large goat, possums, echidnas, birds, reptiles and kangaroos. Savem has now been stood down, however the summer is long, and it will team up again with Weissen South Australia. Global Set 2015, a worldwide preparedness exercise. The Global Simulated Emergency Test, introduced in 2006 and organised by IARU Region 1, concentrated primarily on testing use of the emergency centre of activity frequencies defined in the band plans. A new test this month will show that amateur radio is able to respond quickly to an emergency. IARU Region 1 Emergency Coordinator Greg Mossop, G0DUB, says Global Set 2015 will now focus on our organisation rather than on how easily groups can set up field stations. No one's expected to get on air, so the exercise is independent of any HF propagation problems. Yet to be announced, it will be sometime between December 12 and 22, with the event being triggered by Regional Emergency Communications Coordinators. Greg G0DUB says all IARU member societies and groups known to be active in emergency communications have been asked to contact their members and ask them how quickly they could get on air if required. There is a time limit of 24 to 48 hours to complete their local call-out exercise and submit their results through a web form which will make the results far easier to produce than earlier years. Greg hopes that using a web form, any language barriers are removed as online translation tools can be used to convert this into their local languages to make it easier to fill in. The web address will be given when the exercise starts and information will be gathered by each region separately. Now to special interest groups, summits on the air. Soda has landed in New Zealand and it's shaping up to be big amongst the ham community with a lot of interest to date. North Island summits have been mapped, checked and are now active. South Island summits will follow in the not-too-distant future. Soda is that worldwide activity whereby hams make contacts from hilltops and collect points in an almost competition-like activity among the ham community. To quote soda.org.uk, Summits on the Air is an award scheme for radio amateurs and shortwave listeners that encourages portable operation in mountainous areas. Warren, ZL2AJ, Association Manager for ZL Soda, says he's keen to encourage soda activity and is available to give some ZL branches a talk and provide any encouragement and advice to fellow hams. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Youngsters on the Air push for younger people. Listen on the HF bands for about 38 Yoda-suffixed call signs throughout December and younger operators in International Amateur Radio Union Region 1 countries as they try out what amateur radio has to offer. Heading the event is IARU Region 1 Youth Working Group Chair Lisa Linders, PA2LS.
Yoda or Youth on the Air stations by IARU Region 1 member societies will be in a number of countries in that IARU region, and that includes Europe, Africa, Middle East, and Northern Asia. As Lisa rightly claims, let us all show this great hobby to the world. Now give these young hams an A for again. The results are in, and the Schofield Radio Club in Aiken, South Carolina, has once again proudly announced its top 10 rankings to the world. The youngsters were placed 5th amongst middle schools and 10th overall amongst all 62 schools in the U.S. competing in the annual ARRL School Club Roundup in October. The club is a repeat winner, in fact having ranked 10th overall in last year's contest and 3rd for middle schools. The roundup involves students working contacts for three to four hours after school for one week. The Schofield students reached 40 states, 22 countries, and 30 schools for a total of 520 QSOs. That's all I have. I'm Brian, VK3GR. Hey, guess what? Time for the final final. And as we said at the top of the bulletin, the WIA closes this week for the holidays. Yes, the WIA office will close Friday, December 18, and reopen Monday, January 11. As earlier advised, no assessment packs can now be processed by the WIA exam service until it returns on January 11, along with all normal WIA office functions. However, the WIA website does contain a lot of useful information that can be accessed 24-7. Try the Frequently Asked Questions section, or if you can't easily find what you're looking for, then use the friendly Search Website function. Yes, the search box is your friend. To renew your membership, change any details or receive update bulletins, then register for Memnet. So, soon as you've checked that you're correctly listed on Memnet, we'll say goodbye, we'll see you next week, and as always, this is Graham VK4BB reminding you to walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.